You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. I had the opportunity to sit down with Miss Alex Smith. Alex is the events director for Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. Alex hails from a small town in Louisiana, but recently now calls New York her home. She joined the Tales of the Cocktail team in 2014 as the logistics and sales assistant. And now as the events director, she oversees the Spirited Awards, the Cocktail Apprentice Cat Program, as well as, get this, all Tales-related logistics. Oh my gosh. When she's not working for the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation, Alex loves reading, hanging out with her cat, catching up with friends, and watching and listening to anything related to true crime. Alex shared with me how she entered the industry, her passion and love for the beverage industry and her plans on what she's about to do next. So for all of you that are familiar with Tales of the Cocktail, just a reminder, nominations end March 8th. Make sure to get them in. Nominate your friends, nominate those who you admire to those Spirit Awards, to those you think that are deserving. Now, grab yourself your favorite Toki Highball Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alex, welcome to Served Up. Really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So it's such an honor and pleasure to have you. You really have made such an impact in the beverage world through your work with Tales of the Cocktail. But before we get to that, We'd love to know a little bit more about you and your journey and what really brought you into the beverage space. Well, thank you. Um, I I grew up, lived my whole life in Louisiana. Um, I went to college at LSU. My my degree is in mass communication, print journalism. I have a, um, a minor in women gender studies. And my senior year, I was interning for a local magazine um, called Country Roads Magazine. It's based out of Baton Rouge. Um, it covers um, Southeast-ish Louisiana, probably all of Louisiana, but um, to Mississippi and just kind of those lower Southern states. And it's, um, it's an art culture magazine. And one of my jobs there was um, putting in the calendars, calendar invites or upcoming events on the website, but also in the monthly magazine. And I stumbled upon um, this event called Tales of the Cocktail. And I was like, oh, this sounds fun. I'm, you know, 21 year old uh, college student. I'm like, this sounds interesting. Um, And so right away, I went on the Facebook page. I liked them on Facebook. I don't, Instagram wasn't really a thing at that point, but I like had subscribed to the newsletter and such. So that was like always kind of just in the background. I never really thought of anything after that. Uh, Went on to graduate. Of course, like many people didn't do anything with my degree. I uh, ended up, uh, worked with this small startup company in Baton Rouge uh, doing social media um, marketing for businesses. Um, It was a time where, again, Instagram wasn't really a thing yet, but Facebook was, and it was trying to educate businesses, especially local businesses about um, advertising online, your SEO and your website, trying to get obviously more business, but um, a way to attract customers. And of course, Twitter was such a big thing there too. So uh, it was something really like new for me, but new for at least our community in Baton Rouge. Um, And I really enjoyed it. I stayed there um, for a few years. And then I at a point too in my life where um, so many of my girlfriends were getting married and in Louisiana, or maybe it's a Southern thing, everyone or most people get married pretty young. It's not a not uncommon. So I started being in all these weddings. I was a bridesmaid in a lot of weddings. And um, and I just seeing the behind the scenes things, I feel like I'm 
am a very like organized person in, in some aspects. So I was always making sure that the bride had this and that and everything was kind of taken care of as being a bridesmaid. I thought that was my one of my duties. But sitting there, I was like, this is interesting. I want to see what this would be like on the front end or still back of house, I guess, but being a planner or um, an organizer for, you know, weddings or events. So I um, I started kind of looking around at that point. Um, a lot of people um, that I was friends with in Baton Rouge had moved away, got married, moved back to their towns and such. Um, I had more friends in New Orleans at that point. Just I had a some really good friends in nursing school there. And so I was like, well, I'm, I can move, like nothing's holding me here. Um, so I applied for an internship with a local wedding company. Um, and then I also saw that Tells was, they had an opening for an intern. So I was like, oh wait. And the only reason why I knew that was because I had followed them on Insta, uh, on Facebook and it like just in the back of my my head again, it was something like I had just Googled like event intern or assistant because I didn't really have that experience, but I was looking for it and Tells popped up and I'm like, man, this sounds really familiar. So I applied. It was for a marketing um, slash like um, merchandise intern. It was when we had our like big uh, gift store in um, at Tells. So applied for the job. I got the job or the internship. And um, I ended up actually small world. My supervisor was someone who was a few years younger than me, but we grew up 20 minutes apart from each other. And we had like a lot of the same friends in in common, but we didn't know each other. So it was kind of a great way to like bond over that. But yeah, I, I, my first year was tells 2014 that summer I was an intern and then my internship ended in August. Um, And then they contacted me saying they had an opening for a new job position for an assistant um, for sponsorship and um, logistics assistant. So they asked me to apply and I was like, of course, like I'm unemployed and this would be great. I would love to work with everyone and do this again. So I applied and I got the job. And um, since then, since October 2014, I've been at TELS um, and I've had many roles, um, specifically more just with the sponsorship partnership teams, as well as the logistics. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I ended up coming into all of this with um, with TELS. And it's something that I really enjoy. And the people that I've met, I mean, a lot of my best friends are because of this job. And um, I really have enjoyed it. Well, I'm so glad that you're part of the community, you know, especially, you know, folks that maybe have not worked in a bar before that, that enter or, you know, in a restaurant, whatever it might be. Right. I do find that with this industry, you either love it fully or you just don't, there's just not a gray area, right? Because it demands so much of you, whether you're, you know, um, working with a big production like tails, or if you are a bar owner, it all takes so much grit and so much effort. So it's wonderful that you entered the, the industry and you're still here. And I think that you still like it. So it's a beautiful I do. And, and you brought up a good point. Um, I, I have never worked in a restaurant or a bar. I guess the, I have two experiences that would most similarly be consumer facing or around customers. And that is um, we had a snowball stand uh, or snow cone, however you say it. I say snowball. It's a kind of a more of a new Orleans thing. Um, but we had a snowball stand in my hometown and um, every summer when I got to be, I guess, like eighth grade, seventh to eighth grade on, um, I would work there. And so one of my best friends, she and I would work together and we were so like silly to where like she had a car like right, like even before she turned 16. And it's such a, we grew up in such a small town that like I got my license before her. So I would take her Jeep. She would come with me and we'd go to the snowball stand and I'm the only one working. I'm the only one on the clock getting paid yet. She would come and hang out with me and work as well. And then I would do the same when it was her shift. It's like, we had nothing to do better to do than just hang out with each other, but we would make, we would mix all these flavors and make our own concoctions of flavors and make little signs and put them on the window for people to order. We were so proud of that. And then my mom had, she had owned a daycare for like most of my life. Um, And I'm not huge on kids or especially um, when they can start talking. I rather babies. Um, 
but I also enjoyed being in the kitchen and helping the employee that was cooking. I don't want to call them a, a chef or whatever, because it's a daycare, but I would help them in the summer. I would go grocery shopping with my mom and help her get everything needed. And um, it was always fun to do that and just be around that kind of, kind of, I guess, environment, which again, I was like, I don't want to deal with the kids. I want to be on the back end of this. Um, and it was funny one day I was talking, we were in um, Puerto Rico for Tales on Tour in 2019. And I was having dinner with a few people and they had asked about, I guess, my background. And I had mentioned this with my mom's daycare and stuff. And they were laughing and joking. They're like, well, no wonder you're so good at your job. You're used to like bartenders are like babies or kids. Like you're used to hurting these, these people on emails and everything else. Like that's why you're so patient. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I I mean, I really do enjoy it. It's obviously it's a lot of, um, you know, computer work. I'm at my computer most of the time um, and emailing and stuff like that. Um, But it, it is it's exciting to like go out in the world when you can um, and go to bars and see people that you maybe have only followed on Instagram or seen online, or maybe just exchanged emails with. I'm so like, I'm so good at if I meet someone for the first time in person, but I've emailed them for the last six years. It's like immediately, it's like putting a face to their email address almost. Like I can picture their email address before like anything else. But yeah, I, I it's something that I, I definitely enjoy. And I think, uh, tells in general brings a lot of um, people together and a lot of happiness to a lot of people. So I'm really excited to be able to um, reunite everyone this summer. Let's talk about that because 2022, this is a big year for tales. It's huge that we can actually be in person. Yes. This is not a small thing. This is amazing. And I have to say tales for our listeners that maybe don't know what Tales is or what they offered in the last couple of years. Tales of the Cocktail is the largest and most important beverage conference in the world. And it's held every year in July, typically uh, in New Orleans. And what Tales does, it brings together beverage communities from around the globe where they have different workshops, great charity initiatives and dinners and parties and so much more. So if you're not familiar, you definitely need to become familiar. So with that said, can you talk a bit about what tales will be like this year as the world is reopening? Yeah, for sure. First, I would like to say I I always enjoy listening to how other people describe tales, especially someone like you who's been to almost all of them. We were talking yesterday. Um, so it's always exciting to hear other people's point of views of um, of what tells means to you or how you would describe it. Everything you said is exactly what I would say. Yeah. So we're we're again, we're so excited. It's our 20th anniversary. We're going to be at a new host hotel. Um, we're going to be at the Ritz Carlton. Um, so still um, on the French Quarter uh, side of the city. And we're really excited, um, obviously, to be back. We're going to have the same events that if you've been to Tells before, you're used to. Um, we're going to have our seminars. We're going to have our tasting rooms. Um, one thing when um, Tells became a foundation in 2018, uh, the first year of Tells in 2018, we implemented our Beyond the Bar programming, which is um, programming that kind of sounds, it is what it sounds like, but it's more education that um, is focused on substance abuse, um, ways to better um, prepare yourself for behind the bar, whether that's stretching and ways to uh, position your body to where you're not doing as much damage to it, standing up all those hours behind the behind the bar. Um, it's also just a, a safe place where we have different topics that we discuss in that space. Um, a few years ago, when obviously we were in person, we held some AA meetings. Um, and we also have like yoga sessions. We have just a lot of different opportunities for people to, if they want to take a break from, you know, the seminars or the tasting rooms to go and join these activations. And this is going to be going on uh, simultaneously throughout the week as well. We, um, one thing to note, um, if you haven't noticed yet, uh, but we will be taking place Monday, 
which is new for us. It, our first day is going to be on a Monday um, and we are going to be ending on Friday. So our spirit award ceremony will be Thursday evening and then we'll close it out on Friday. And this was um, we, we decided to make this change, at least for this year, just not knowing what um, travel and everything would look like because of COVID, but also giving our attendees and bartenders, et cetera, a chance to either, you know, enjoy the rest of the weekend in New Orleans and and visit our wonderful local uh, bars and venues and and museums and maybe just be a tourist in the city and or go home and take a break, get some sleep before you start work again or go home and get back behind the uh, stick. So kind of up to you, but it's something we're just trying out this year. Yeah, so I think we're going to have around 43 seminars this year, probably around double that of tasting rooms going on. It's really exciting. I think it's going to be it's going to be really special because I think it's going to be like three years almost to the day that they've been in, in New Orleans, a lot of people. And maybe they haven't seen Bridget since the last tale isn't just online and stuff like that. So I, it's always such a special time to reunite with people. And that's just on a yearly basis. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like and what it's going to mean to people after, you know, the last two years. But really, it's going to be that third year. I have a sneaky feeling that if you want to just feel positive energy and go to a place that is truly about friendship and community, where I do feel like when we walk into those seminar rooms or into the lobbies of these hotels, that it's going to be a big love fest, Alex. This is what I'm thinking. Like if you want to go to a place where it's going to be a lot of happiness and positivity and friendships and networking, that I do believe that this year is going to be so special and that it is absolutely worth taking the trip. It's absolutely investing in yourself and going to, you know, a workshop or even just hanging out in those lobbies and networking with the folks that are around. Because it's amazing to me that no matter where you go, if there's a tails activation going on, you're going to meet someone from our industry (laughs) and not just one person, but hundreds, if not thousands of people that are around. So it's truly an opportunity, you know, for yourself as well as an individual to get out there professionally and network. And I do think that that's something truly unique that Tales brings versus maybe some other conferences that are out there, that it is a friendly environment. It's more of a relaxed environment, still a very professional platform, but where you can feel good about approaching someone and saying, Hey, I'm so-and-so let me give you my card. And you'll see, I, I really feel, cause I've done this right at tales that people are so much more receptive and having a conversation with you and following up with you. And, and um, so it's worth attending a thousand percent beyond the feel good stuff. The warm and fuzzies are going to happen. I just know it. I can feel it already, Alex. Do you, that's interesting. I've never really thought like, I guess I've never attended tales as an attendee. I've always, you know, mm-hmm. been working behind the scenes. So it's interesting to, for for me to hear you say that compared to maybe possibly other conferences or events, you feel like there's a lot, it's more comfortable environment to exchange information because it is such a vulnerable thing to walk up to someone. Maybe I follow Bridget online, but I've never met you. And then see you in person, and it's kind of like, oh my God, this is Bridget, this is Delta Groff. Like, how do I approach this person? But do you think maybe that the environment is more welcoming or warmer because it's New Orleans? It's the hospitality and around, it's the history, the culture. Like, it's not as, I don't know. You know what? It's not a corporate monster, is what it is. It's not, there's not a corporate agenda, right? There's not, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody else's conferences. I attend a a whole hell of a lot of them, but I'm saying like, you're not going to find people that don't look like you, right? You're going to find people that actually look like you and have the same interests as you and are just not hanging out lobby in business suits. Right. So it does make it a little more of a relaxed, definitely more friendly environment where you can feel okay. Cause it is intimidating to see like a Dale DeGroff, but I can tell you for sure. Dale's a friend of mine. He wants you to come up and say, Hey, hi, I'm so-and-so let's be friends. And I think that that's what tails um, sets really is set apart from the rest when it comes to an attendee. Like I was an attendee 
before I was a speaker. And I believe it was at the second tail. So that would have been 19 years ago. And yes, the crowds were much smaller. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we were at like at the Hotel Monteleon at the Carousel Bar. I think that's where everything was at, you know. But still, for me to see Dale, who I had already known from Las Vegas in 1998 when he came and judged a cocktail competition, right, that I was in. But still, you know, Tales creates this warm environment that feels like, hey, I have your back and I'm here for the good of you as a professional and to help you enhance your career. Because at the end of the day, I do feel like that's why at least people from our trade that they attend to learn. You know, they really, they go there to learn and to, to, to build out their network and you make such a beautiful environment to do that. So thank you. Well, thank you. That's amazing to hear. And and you keep, you keep kind of like talking about, um, you know, wearing suits and stuff. And I just want to say if, if anyone listening hasn't attended tales um, and you're not sure what to wear, I would not recommend wearing a suit. Um, It is New Orleans. It is July. It is hot. It is humid. You know, and every year it's like, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to be, you know, it's sweaty hugs and stuff. And it's like, we joke about it, but it's also the reason why we host it in July because tourism is down. It's, it's slower, it's slower time. So this is an opportunity for, for us to bring all these people and these brands and tourism dollars to the city and, and support our local businesses, our bartenders, our restaurant workers, our hotels. So if you're looking at planning on or thinking about what you should wear, I would advise against suits or anything with long sleeves. However, our hotels are known to um, get a little cold, um, especially in seminar rooms. So if you have like a light sweater, you can always do that. But I think that's probably also it's a little bit more casual. Maybe that's also has um, to do with or contributes to that warmer, more comfortable environment as well. Yeah. For me, every year that I've ever gone, it's like going home. I have no other way to describe it. I personally don't feel that way about any other conference. I can say that, right? Because it's consistently a warm place to land in our industry. It's like getting a big hospitality hug every minute of the day. It's wonderful. But with that, we are still in New Orleans. It is the home of complete debauchery and so much fun, which is another reason that I can't wait to get there. Um, can we talk about just some tips of surviving tales? Like just being smart about, you know, going to a beverage conference in the middle of summer in July. Maybe just some tips on things that you should do and be aware of. Yeah, I think, you know, the most common phrase is it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you're planning on jumping around from seminar to taste room all day or even for the next, you know, for three days in a row, it's all about knowing, I guess, your limit as well, but it's also, you're there to learn and meet people and network. So be conservative or be um, cautious of how much you're drinking and make sure you stay hydrated. We have water all around the hotels and encourage people to always keep a bottle of water with you. Um, If you don't want to drink out of the plastic bottles, please bring um, a reusable bottle. And we have water fountains as well that you can replenish for me, I always have a water bottle by me. So I think that that's always a good tip, especially also not to mention all the, you know, if you are walking around outside to other um, brand events that are happening offsite, it's hot. So you need, you need to keep yourself hydrated. That's my biggest is just like, if you're an event, our, our cups at our tasting rooms or the five ounce cups. So you're drinking small cup, uh, drinking out of small vessels you, um, unless like a brand provides something, but if you're with a buddy, I, my biggest thing is why don't we just share a drink? Let's just sip it. And then we can drink more and taste more things. If we are, you know, sharing it or just being a little bit more selective of what we're picking up, you don't have to drink everything that's in front of you. Bridget, I don't know. I guess as a, as a attendee, what do what tips do you have? All of those, all of those and wear the right shoes. Yes. Do not wear flip-flop. No. First of all, I had my flip. I literally, like the song says, I blew out my flip (laughs) on Bourbon Street running from event to event. This was probably, gosh, I don't know, four years ago. And I'm like, oh, crap. You know, so and and I'm I'm an old timer at this. I should know better. But it really, really sucked. Right. And plus your feet get like super dirty. 
And then um, for any of you that like to wear heels or wedges, I don't recommend them. Um, New Orleans, most of the streets where you will be are cobblestone. They're uneven and it can make for just a long, uncomfortable day, you know, bring a really trusty pair of shoes if you're running between events is a big tip. I learned that the hard way. No. Yeah. And and again, like I, I guess living there and stuff, I, it's like, that's already ingrained in me. So I don't even think about that as a tip, but that those are amazing because the last thing you want is to be walking to an event and you're walking through bourbon and we call it the bourbon, you get the bourbon juice the water, the gross water that's on the side of the street. So gross. Um, it's, it's like walking barefoot in Times Square. You know, you yeah. just, you don't do it. You don't want to do yeah. it. You don't want to, um, no, you don't want to do that. It's disgusting. I've done it. I had no shoes on walking down Bourbon Street because my shoe fell apart. So let's not do that. <laughs> it's pretty um, gross. Yeah, I think that those are great. Yeah, you definitely don't need like heels or wedges, especially to even like attend tails during the day. Wear your Converse, wear your Vans, wear your... Nikes, whatever, um, be comfortable because that's the most important thing. Yeah. And hydrate. And, you know, I know for me also, I always have in, in my purse or in my bag, just like some band-aids and little emergency kit as well, because although, you know, um, New Orleans is not a huge town, like maybe a New York or a Chicago, if you are walking from place to place, even if you have your tennis on, man, you know, places look closer than they really are or than yeah. it really seems because you might have to do some wiggle wiggle room, right? You might have to kind of wiggle around the town to get to your destination. Yeah. So just, you know, have have all the things that you need to be comfortable. For sure. Luckily, um, there is a Walgreens right across from the Ritz. Mm-hmm. So you do need to um, to get any supplies. You have that covered there. But yes, I, I definitely agree. And, and, um, and also you know, whenever it's, it gets dark, um, and you're maybe in a, in a part of the city or a downtown area that there's not a lot going on, maybe just make sure that you have a friend with you. I mean, it's kind of just knowing your surroundings. And I know that's hard to say, like, especially for like a tourist, um, not knowing the areas that well, but, um, trust your gut probably. And if something doesn't feel right, probably isn't. Um, you know, stay, stay close to the well-known streets, I guess the light, the most lit areas. And, um, and then, and, and bring, have friends around you. If you don't, if you're not going with a friend, then make some friends and exchange numbers and be each other's buddies. Absolutely. It's just like any other city, you yeah. know, be aware of your surroundings, be smart about stuff. And, but most of all, enjoy every single minute it's back. It's so thrilling. Can we talk a bit about some of the events that Tails will be offering this year? I know that um, maybe we don't have the schedule quite yet, but just generally some of the fun stuff like the Spirited Dinners, the awards, you know, yeah, the good stuff. Um, we'll have, um, you know, our traditional seminars. Um, I'm excited. We're going to um, have our exclusive tasting or exclusive seminars, exclusive tasting seminars where we have um, very rare product or very expensive, very like one of a kind product that's being tasted in these seminars. So we'll have a few of those on offer as we usually do. Um, one thing I'm really excited about is we're bringing back what we had, um, you'll probably remember over five years ago or so, our technique seminars where you're in a room, the moderator, instructor, you're, it's a more hands-on. So whether that's everyone in the audience is learning how to build and shake a Ramos Gin Fizz, which is a nightmare for our caps um, and our cleanup crew, or it's learning cocktail or drink photography, just skills like that with you, with your iPhone, with your droid, your smartphone, um, just more hands-on uh, workshops that I'm excited for to bring back and, and see what our uh, moderators come up with for those seminar topics. Um, we're going to have our tasting rooms, our traditional tasting rooms. We're going to have our grab and go, which is more of a turnkey concept where you kind of just walk up to um, a, a stand up bar and grab a drink and carry on. One thing we are um, newly implementing is a no and low uh, bar as well. So we definitely want to have either, you know, no or, or low ABV drinks on offer throughout the day as well. Um, especially, I mean, it's been such a there's been so many brands coming up in the last few years with this concept. So we want to have a space for them as well. 
Um, and we think that's important for um, especially even our audience that maybe have stopped drinking or have reduced the amount that they're drinking over the however many years, or maybe it's just something they have adopted from, from the shutdown uh, or lockdown. We will also be having our bookstore and bitters market, which is something that's really exciting. And we pair up with our local bookstore, Octavia Books in New Orleans, and they run that bookstore and bitters market throughout the week. And it's just an opportunity for our um, audience to, you know, go and browse books that maybe they've seen online. And it's kind of like at their hand, at their fingertips, and they can purchase. Um, we have authors on hand signing books. So that's another special opportunity that we, we, we try to pair with it. So grab a book. There's the author sitting down. You can actually meet them and talk to them and get your book signed, or you can buy the book later or earlier in the week, see the schedule and see that Bridget signing a book on Thursday and, you know, make a note on your schedule to go back to the bookstore to get it signed. And, and so I think that that's something that's really special. And I always love to like walk by when there's um, an author and just see like people kind of like geek out over them and they're like taking selfies with them and stuff like that. And it's just, it's something that really, um, that makes me happy and makes me smile throughout the day. Um, for our bookstore side of things, it's something that um, we find really popular with, especially the international crowd that might not have access to a lot of um, the bidders that are in the bookstore, uh, in the in the market. So um, it's always interesting, again, to see them like tasting it and or being like, oh my God, every year I come here and I, I, I load up on it and and bring it back to my bar and stuff like that. So I'm I'm excited to obviously have that that platform again through the bookstore and bidders market to have on offer for our attendees. We're gonna start the week with our traditional tells toast, toast to tells, and um, and then our our keynote with our board members, as well as having um, special guests talking on specific subjects, which I'm not, I, I don't have the information to share just yet, but we will be announcing that pretty soon. Like I said, we're going to have our Spirit Awards ceremony on Thursday, and that will also take place at the Ritz. So we're going to have that happen Thursday evening, and then Friday morning-ish, we'll have our Dame Hall of Fame induction ceremony, where we induct um, an international dame and a U.S.-based dame, as well as honor um, the Pioneer Award winner who won the previous night at the Spirit Awards. And we'll have kind of like a little brunch ceremony for them with members of the Dame Hall of Fame, like alumni, uh, previous inductees there. So it's just a, a chance to celebrate um, those special individuals as well. And then we're going to kind of end the week with our Meet the Distillers event which is kind of like a grand tasting uh, where we have brands from all over the world um, kind of just set up shop where you have a booth or a table. Some bring their distillers, some just have brand reps, but attendees just walk around and taste the products, get to know the people behind the brand and really get to network in that um, way, which is uh, something that's been very popular, not only amongst bartenders and people in the trade, but around uh, with consumers as well. And we have, you know, what we we've called our cocktail enthusiasts, which can be, you know, your mom and dad who like to make drinks at home. But it also could be your uncle that is so into scotch and he's he knows so much. He has all the books and he's just like a geek, scotch geek. So he's going to be buying tickets to these seminars and really excited about it. And he's a consumer. So it's always interesting. It's always fun and nice to see those types of people come back year after year and you start to like recognize them. And um, that's something that we really enjoy. Your All consumer that, base, just really quick, is super yeah. loyal. It yeah. is very loyal to Tales of Cocktail. Just really quickly, um, mm -hmm. Christopher Bloom has been attending Tales, I think, as long as I have. And he's ingrained himself so much in our industry. Such a fan, such an enthusiast that Charlotte Foisy actually created a cocktail named after him years ago that's featured in a cocktail oh. book. Yeah. So just, and that all came out of tales. Yeah. That's incredible. Offsite events, which we have taking place throughout the week again, is are going to be ranging from spirit to dinners, um, which is something that brands host um, or brand sponsors or is integrated into a dinner at a local um, New Orleans restaurant and attendees would purchase tickets to attend. Um, and it's usually a seated dinner uh, with paired cocktails or drinks or spirits being tasted throughout the, the course of the night. 
And that's something that I think a lot of people really look forward to. Um, it's really special and obviously more a little more exclusive because um, it's at a restaurant. So obviously it's going to be capacity. We also are going to have like our night events. That something that is a highlight. I think it tells that people look forward to where brands host um, bigger. They can host smaller, but also larger events um, open to attendees to attend, um, as well as our day events that happen um, throughout the week as well. So it, it is a lot, and I think that that's one thing that I don't want to say scares people, but intimidates at least people who haven't been to Tells before. Is kind of like they look at the schedule. And they're like, oh my God, how like this tasting room is going on at the same time as this seminar and this seminar, then like this, the other event kind of overlaps and there's just so much. And that's again, where that, you know, it's not a mar- it's, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like you don't have to go to everything, but also we try to, when we're making our schedule, at least with the, at, at our host hotel, we try to stagger things to where our seminars are usually um, an hour or 60 minutes to 90 minutes and our tasting rooms traditionally are around two hours. So we try to st- stagger things to where a tasting room maybe begins and 30 minutes later, the seminar starts. And so that person who's going to the seminar can go to the tasting room first and then head to their seminar or vice versa, go to their seminar. And then as soon as they get out, go to that tasting room and they still have about 30 minutes or so, depending on when that ended. So there are ways that you can, you know, try to figure out the system, but it's, um, it's something that there's a lot of FOMO, I think, but also there's the JOMO, I don't know, the joy of missing out, um, or just kind of just taking it easy and, and being like, okay, well, this event that's taking place offsite, it's happening on Tuesday and Wednesday. So if I can't make it Tuesday, I'll make a point to stop by Wednesday. Like it's going to be there again. So there are some opportunities like that that happen on multiple days. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just looking at that schedule online or on on the app and being like, okay, these are my priorities and this is what I think is achievable for that day. Um, yes, the app is everything. If you have not already downloaded it, you need to download. Like, we as don't soon have as it's it available. Yet. Okay, as soon as we it's available, it you need to download it because yeah. it is a savior. It really is. It keeps you organized. You're able just to glance at a second, you know, what's going on, what you have selected, you know, create your schedule and then you're good to go. And, you know, one of the cool things I think having Tales of the Cocktail consistently is in New Orleans is that when you do have free time, get out and discover the beauty of the town. Yeah, you definitely come in a day early or stay a day later and go on a a, a boat tour. What is it? The big <laughs> fan boat tours. That's my plan yeah. this year. I've never been on one on my bucket list. I want to see some gators. So. Yeah you know, join in on a ghost tour or, you know, whatever it is, like be a tourist for a day, right? There's so much beauty to see. And then so that really, that town will draw you in and you'll miss her and you'll want to keep going back. Can you Mm -hmm. talk about some of the highlights of New Orleans itself? Like some of maybe the must do's. It's funny because it's like every time I I talk to someone, whether I live in New York now, I, I moved here in April and running into to people and and I'm with industry friends and they introduced me to these people and they're like, Oh, I've never been to tales. I've never been to new Orleans. Like I need to come down. And one of my things, I, one of the things I first say is like, for sure, come to tales, like you got to see it. But also if you've never been to new Orleans come before or after tales as well. Like, it's just like, I wouldn't recommend people only going to new Orleans for Mardi Gras. And that's the only experience that they have of, of new Orleans is Mardi Gras. Cause it's totally different. Right. Just like Tales, it's going to be a different experience. New Orleans will be a different experience during Tales than it would be in November or in March or so. So I think that's important to know. And, and I do agree with you coming in earlier, staying later. And, and I think that this year offers that great opportunity to stay that weekend. So, you know, Friday, if you're not doing anything um, that we have on offer Friday, go and, and book a trip to um it's like kind of um you'll definitely have to like get a car or they they probably also have shuttles i I know they have shuttles um but it's it's about an hour drive out of new orleans and it's to the bayou and you can ride or get on these boats and take an alligator tour and it's something that i living after living in new orleans for like several years i had never done it and i um actually took my niece 
one summer, it was tells, it was the first year is 2020. We didn't have tells that year. And I took her and it was July and it was hot and stuff, but the alligators were out, you know, they weren't like nesting or mating or anything. So it was a great time to go do that. So I think that that's something I would definitely recommend. It's really cool. And, and, and now that I'm thinking of, I'm sure you can definitely get a shuttle there. I think there's just so much history to New Orleans. Like I grew up visiting New Orleans um, on the weekends with my mom and she's really into like, you know, spirits and uh, ghosts and stuff like that. So we would always go on these ghost tours and, um, and those are always on offer and really interesting. And I've never done a graveyard tour, but I've heard really good things about those as well. Um, Our graveyards are really beautiful and, um, and have a lot of history um, behind it. Even, you know, those like kind of cheesy, like horse and buggy tours, those are also a good way to like see and kind of like learn at least like the quarter, the French quarter. And it's, it's hot. So uh, doing that in July will be nice for you. We also have um, a few beautiful like museums. We have a modern art museum. It, again, it's outside of, you know, the downtown area. So would, you know, be an Uber or a Lyft drive away. Um, we have our pharmacy museum which is in the quarter. Do you have experience with that, Bridget? Oh, I do. And it's so haunted. (laughs) I've actually never been. Story Uh, for another day, but yeah, yeah, go. It's so creepy and so cool. Yeah, I think there's just a, and and there's a lot of walking tours. I, there's a, a friend of mine who started a kind of like a foodie walking tour and they go to just restaurants or smaller um, locally owned restaurants that, you know, might not be, the Galatoires or Antoine's or any of those kind of places, Napoleon house, it's Napoleon. And those are all great and local and have a lot of history themselves and should definitely, you know, go to if you can, but it's going to these like mom and pop stores or restaurants and eating a a po' boy or a muffalata. I I mean, something that definitely is pretty well known amongst the uh, Tells crowd is Aaron Rose, which is a favorite. Um, lots of tells memories there. Um, get get a frozen Irish coffee, cool you down. Go kind early like, to Aaron Rose and find yourself a seat and don't yes. move because <laughs> it gets so crowded. But it's so fun because it does spill out onto the sidewalk. Yeah. And there's plenty of folks that you'll see there and you'll have so much fun. I think one of the things that, um, so my husband and I, before COVID, we would go to New Orleans every year in January because in January, it's quite still there. You know, it's not busy. It's quite, quite easy to navigate around, you know, with no crowds is that we love to go to Magazine Street and in that area. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And Magazine Street, um, to me, it's well known for, you know, their antiques and um, there's some restaurants there that are are great, but it's also just a beautiful like stroll, seeing homes, same with like the St. Charles um, Garden District area. Um, And there's some tours I think you can take seeing some of those um, homes and and learning a little history of that as well. Um, So definitely venture out of, you know, the, the quarter downtown area. I would definitely recommend Magazine Street. Um, the St. Charles Street um, area, also Ferret, um, which is also a little drive away. Not I say like a little as making it sound like it's more than 30 minutes and it's not, but it's it's a drive. Um, and that's where there's a lot of other great cocktail bars um, and restaurants in that area as well. Um, there's also just a lot of like different kind of music venues. And, you know, it's not obviously all on Bourbon Street. Um, go to Frenchman. There's tons there, tons to do there. Um, there's even some more on the outskirts of, of the downtown area that just depending on, on your vibe, Tibetina's of, um, there's a few others that I actually sent a list to a contact, a brand person um, last week, he was in town. And of course it's, it's carnival season right now. So every, every weekend, every day, especially now leading up to March 1st, which is Mardi Gras, there's um, a parade. So it's, it is a, it's a cool time to right now, at least visit because you, you can see these unique parades. It gets a little crazy for the actual Mardi Gras. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like this year after not having it since 2020. So I guess they only took one year off, but I think people are so excited for that. It's just New Orleans itself is, is a beautiful city and so much to do and see and drink and eat and visit it's you definitely need to plan a a time to um like you said 
visit without tells or without Mardi Gras. Thousand percent, you know, really make that city your own Mm -hmm. because there's something for everyone in New Orleans and everything is so accessible. It really is. A lot of things are in walking distance. That's why we say wear good shoes. Mm -hmm. And if you love antiquing, like Mr. Albert and I do, um, that's our jam. And it is our favorite place to do that. So we bring home vinyl and just a lot of crap we don't need (laughs) that we find little treasures. So, um, make New Orleans your, your own is my advice. Right. And, and visit often and, and, you know, come for tales and take advantage of everything that you can at tales of the cocktail, because it was truly a unique opportunity for you to meet, you know, beverage professionals to meet peers, um, to maybe find yourself a mentor, you know, don't be afraid to ask that question either at tales and just make tales your own as well and take advantage of all the wonderful, beautiful things that tales offers throughout that week. Alex, where can our listeners find Tales of the Cocktail and updates on what's to come? So we have our website, talesofthecocktail.org, which we update obviously frequently. But I I mean, to me, I consume a lot of news and updates through Instagram. And that's where I know your your Instagram feed can be flooded with with everything you follow. But um, we post all of our updates as well on Instagram. And I feel like it's such an easier way to consume things. Um, so I would definitely make sure you follow us on Instagram, which our name is a little different because I think the other one was taken when we had this a while back, but it's tales underscore of underscore the underscore cocktail. So if you search for it, you'll, you'll find it. Um, but that's what we'll have our updates for, um, not only the event coming up in July, but we have, uh, cocktail recipes that we're always pushing, uh, putting online that come from. Um, just our industry at large, any bars that have been nominated in the past few years that submit cocktails for us, we we promote that on our web, on, on our Instagram as well. It's a great way to maybe get ideas that you want to try at home or in your bar, but it's a way for us also to acknowledge and recognize our um, our industry and what they're doing. And that's a big part of what we're doing right now with our Spirited Awards. Um, so a lot of news there. If you do have a bar or person that you would like to nominate or to be considered for a Spirited Award, please do that. Our nomination form opened on Tuesday and it will close on March 8th. Really excited for that. And can we just talk a little bit about that? Because I know um, yeah. I, I, people always have questions around the Spirited Awards. Like, can I nominate myself? Who can I yeah. nominate? Like, who is there any requirements, right? Um, yeah. For the different categories, maybe if you could touch on that a bit, I think that would help our listeners a lot. For sure. And a lot of this information obviously is on our website. Um, totally, you can nominate yourself. Um, it one of the one of the things we like to remind people for or of is that it only takes one nomination to be considered. So if I if I worked for a brand or a bartender and I wanted to be considered, I wanted to throw my name in the hat or in the in the ring. It's kind of like if you don't put yourself out there, then don't wait for someone else to do it. If you wanted to do it for yourself, do it. But also um it's not so the the judging process, it's not based on majority of nominations you get. It's all the judges only see one nomination and they, they judge and vote from there. So um, as long as if you submitted your bar, you know, you're good to go. And that's, to me, it's one of the most uh, reassuring things. If, if I had a list of people or bars that I wanted to nominate and I know I submitted it, then I don't have to like hope that other people did it for me. It's, it's all good to go. We do have a list, obviously, of like what the differences are between a international U.S. cocktail bar or international U.S. restaurant bar, hotel bar. And obviously, hotel bar is kind of a little um, more obvious, I guess. It's um, a restaurant or a bar or oh, sorry, a bar connected to a hotel. A restaurant bar could kind of get a little iffy because it's like, will we serve food? But are we considered a cocktail bar or a restaurant bar? And that you just have to kind of look at the criteria um, of what differentiates that because we do have that outlined. We didn't award any of these bars in 2021 um, just because of the way that COVID affected the industry so much. So um, for our best new cocktail bar, um, best new international cocktail bar, best new um, U.S. cocktail bar, 
this bar, the criteria or the eligibility period is extended. It's usually within a year. Um, but again, since we didn't honor it or um, award it in 2021, it's going to be 22 months, the last 22 months. So really, it's I think the criteria off the top of my head is February 27th, 2020 to December 31st, 2021. So it had to have opened and been open uh, from there. If a bar is temporarily closed right now because of COVID regulations in that area, they can still be eligible um, as long as it's not permanently closed. So if a bar has permanently closed within that time frame or just in general, those bars, unfortunately, are not going to be eligible for um, consideration. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. I think that's going to help our listeners quite a bit when they go out there to to make their nominations. So that's yeah. wonderful. And any other questions they can find on the website, which is terrific. Um, so thank you. I think one of the biggest questions I know that I receive about the awards is, um, can I nominate myself? How yeah. many times can I nominate someone? Like everything you just explained. So that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about what you love the most about the beverage industry? Oh man, I think it's a lot of what we touched on earlier is just once you know someone um, or or meet someone and maybe you spend a night out with them and you connect on Instagram or whatever. And it's like from there, it's like, oh, they're my friend. And like, it truly feels like that. You see them again and it's, it's how are you doing? And it's very caring. Um, I feel like there's such a, a, a big community around it. And it's also a very small world it turns into um, at a certain point, but seeing and meeting people and seeing not only, I guess, sometimes a lot of people are, are very vocal of like what TELS has done for them in their career or just what it means to them is very special to me because it kind of makes me feel like my job means something. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not curing cancer or anything but it does um, have a positive impact on people's lives. So that is something that I, I really enjoy. And I just like how everyone supports everyone. And, and it, it's something that I think was very, a lot more obvious in the last two years. Um, and everyone, you know, kind of struggling just to stay afloat, but seeing people being innovative and creative with their with how they're going to stay afloat, or maybe they're changing jobs and careers, but they're still there as a support system for everyone. And that's really special and meaningful to me. I agree a hundred percent. Alex, I want to thank you for taking time um, with the Served Up family and just for being part of the show today. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do next, Alex. Thank you. You know, um, the hospitality industry has absolutely embraced you as an individual. And I I see why, I understand why. And I think you are just going to do brilliant things throughout your career at Tales. So thank you for sharing your passion for our industry, your passion for all that you do to support (laughs) us. Oh my gosh, all the hard work you put in. I know that you do. And for sharing your story. Thank you so much. I just want to wish you just some really great health, you know, continued great health and a whole lot of peace. So thank you for being on Served Up. Cheers to you. Thank you, Bridget. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!